thing, Jay Moody. Yeah. Morning, Abid. Morning. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. Breakfast yet? Or you're still in your wake up mode? Having breakfast. <laughs> You'll be surprised what was served for breakfast today. Beer? You'll be surprised what was served for breakfast today. There is a donut here the size of a building. Dear God. Yeah, they only served one donut mm. for everybody. No, there is, a, there is a, there is, okay, there's a, there's, you know those big fat donuts that they used to sell back in the day? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so now this is like the mother of those donuts. So huge, it can totally fill up a building. And I'm thinking you would, you personally, you would like this thing like a lot because you tend to have a liking for these things that I've never understood. Mm-hmm. So your complaint is that there's too much food. Why people in Somalia are starving? Hmm? <laughs> I am not complaining. I'm just complaining about the choice of the food. Get it? Oh. What do I get the feeling they kind of mean the same thing? Something. Ah, uh, I need to start giving you this stuff every time we edit that. That you can. Right. Like even I'm actually passing by your place later today, so I can pick the content and then come with my laptop, edit it out, and then you can do the rest. Cool, 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 cool. Right. What are we editing? Um, uh, the, 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 the Zoom thing, because Abid always wants to edit out this whole beginning part before we comment, so that he doesn't get that question of what was going on before. Uh, okay. Right, so how many are we so far? One, two, three, only four? Yeah. And why if we have it too regularly? Or maybe you should have the, um, maybe invite more people? Yeah, I saw you put it on the other group. Yeah. So I thought we'd get more people coming in, but maybe guys are just a bit late. Yeah. Let's oh. give it let me let's give it a few more minutes. How many like what? Five, ten? Let's give it ten. Enjoy we start. I'm not, i realize we start at ten minutes past ten. Okay. Okay, uh, cool. Let me let me just mute and do a few other profile, if you have access, if you can log in online, you can add a picture to your Zoom profile. So I know that when we do the recording, I'll put them up, they look very dull. So what do I do? I go to Zoom. I, I go to Zoom. Zoom the site. Yeah, the website. You can use your phone, by the way. Hmm? If he's using the mobile version, he can actually use his phone settings. Really? I tried. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not using okay. the mobile um, version. Mark, go to your. Go to your. Let me see. Go back to your Zoom profile. Okay, just. I think you. I don't know if you can do it without actually leaving the meeting, though. I can try. Okay, I'm you can try. So you can go to manage settings, and then I uh, know it's not there. You have to you have to either use the web portal or first leave the meeting, do the changes, and then 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 you can come back. So you will just see the, 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 the it's in it's in your settings like Zoom settings. Then you'll see your account, 
and then you'll be able to view I the... I don't have an account. Ah. Well, I think I do, but I don't know meeting. my password. I joined the meeting off the website without signing in. <laughs> you can always reset. Okay, let me see. This thing, I use so many other platforms that these things of yeah, I understand. So someone should just come up with a platform that links all these social media platforms and web interfaces at the same time. Yes, it's called Google Chat. Google Hangout. Yeah, that, Google that Chat probably. is its own Okay, so they've sent me an, a reset password. Yeah, I think I've reset. Um, oh, okay, yeah, so change profile picture. Yep. What is it you want me to put here? You want me to put a picture of myself? Uh, that is what a bid wanted. Where do I find now, anyway? I think, I, I think I'm also supposed to do the same thing. So let me first do that before the man grabs my head. And all of this, Nga Asha is not changing hers. Asha is on mute, probably. I don't know, she was going to have breakfast or something. Oh, she's making us a cake. No, I am ah. not. <laughs> Sorry. Uh. Right. You need to. Okay, yeah. have, have, has mine shown up now? Not yet. So now you need to go into the, the Zoom meeting itself and log in. So it can show up. I think I'm logged in. Well, I have to I log in again. Say my name. What were you guys saying? Uh, you want to see your profile picture. All right, let me log out and then come back in. Okay. Uh, do the profile. Uh, I you have to go to. Don't know. I I installed my profile picture last time. Yeah, it doesn't show. Uh, have you logged into Zoom? 
because mm. you can look, you can use a Zoom meeting without logging without logging in. So you may have to go to Zoom and log in. Let me change. Let me check. Okay, let me check and see. Oh, you can't minimize this meeting. Can. But Abid, you don't have a profile pic. Why are we even talking about this? <laughs> you can't see mine. No. Really? That's strange. Because I can't see. But it. I can see this. This is actually okay. See, okay, some, me... some very huge afro going on. All right, let me first check and see. Let me get out. Everyone left. So, Bin, mm -hmm. what time is okay with you? Anytime is fine. Ah, so, okay. Oh, that would be okay. I just see Max. Max's name has changed. No, no. My name has changed. Yeah, but the picture is not there. But there's no image. Yeah. It changed from what to what? <laughs> It was about RE something, now it is just Mark Kahiru. I'll just sign in again. Hey, Abid. Hey, James. How is Bunga? Bunga is Kawa. But I intend to be in Entebbe tomorrow. I applying tomorrow. Mm. Wait, I also want to be in Entebbe, you guys. Man, wait, Abid. Customer from Urunji, and now by your Kubia Tiko Saz. <laughs> we're dialing, we're dialing, we're dialing. I'll tell the to prepare for you. She, she's here today. So. Okay, it's it's nine past. Mm. Okay, I just waiting for Asha to sign in, sign back in.
Uh, and put some much of. Uh. I think I see what the problem is. The picture I'm trying to load is probably too big. This is our sixth meeting. We have been consistent. I didn't think we would get there so fast like this. Let's begin. Rotary Club of Bukolovi has joined. Aina, is that you? Mark, I think let's begin. Mark, moderator. Can anybody hear me? Is anybody out there? Okay. Um, if you can just indulge me to, or maybe I just keep my video on. Uh, two documents from the KCCA. I hope you all had a good chance to read them. In case you did not, they should be somewhere on WhatsApp. You'll find them and have a, a look at them. Um, John Paul, is everything okay? 
one of the documents we shared was the public health and food, was a statement of compliance to public health standards for food handling. This is um, a document that the KCCA <coughs> distributes to all um, event uh, managers and planners, but it does not uh, it does not necessarily mean that all events should you handle your food correctly and within the guidelines that they have set out. This is just to, 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 to make sure that the public is safe when they're eating your food. But I believe these standards can also be taken into your restaurants or your takeaways or your businesses, your bakeries. Um, also, what I'd like to us to discuss is how do we uh, create standards in the front office in the front of house, back of house, um, food handling, and um, all those aspects. So if there's anyone like James who would like to tell us how do you, what are the standards you have put into place in the front of your house in Entebbe at your grill? Over to you, James. Um, no, I cannot hear anything you've said. You're breaking up. James, Mark, your network. My network? No, James. I asked, is it possible for you to tell us what standards you've set up at your front of house before we go into the kitchen, before we go into back of house? Your front of house being where service takes place, not, not, not a food, from when a customer enters your premise, your establishment, what standards have you put into place? And what standards do you suggest that the rest of us should put into place to ensure that we're running a proper business? Has James left? Is there anyone who would like to take this up? Or can I give you a few pointers of the things that we put in place at one of the places that I have consulted? Uh, maybe Mark, you can lead with that and I'll just get in. Okay. One thing that you know, your serving staff or your servers have got to be clean. Mm. And um, in this day of COVID, things have even changed. So a few more things have come into play. Um, cotton is a good material to keep because it's one, easy to clean, two, always looks good, and it's not too hot when they're moving around. But if you have your staff in cotton uniforms with an apron, mm -hmm. they actually look smart. And um, in today's world, we prefer them to wear face shields as opposed to face masks. Face masks get them warm, they start warming up, they start fogging if they're wearing glasses, then they start to look tacky and you always see them pulling them down and pulling them up. Whereas we prefer to feel safe when we, are the, when we enter the restaurant. So we prefer them to wear face shields. And I think we need to encourage all our servers or all of us need to get face shields for our front of staff, front of house um, staff. Also, um, regular cleaning. It is a new norm, but Many places I go to, they don't do this anymore. I mean, they don't do this at all. You come in, you tell the guys, please clean. They come and clean the cloth. The government has said, please 
clean with sanitizer. Why? Because of the COVID-19. Um, also, we need to make sure that our front of house guys have their hand sanitizers with them at all times. We were also told in the beginning that um, uh, electronic cash is better than physical cash. But then where does that leave the cards? If I want to swipe, do we wipe down the cards as soon as we get back? Or do we wipe them before we give them in for service? Part of house people, do they wipe down the consoles before they give to us to enter our inaitwages? Um, our pins. Yeah. Um, last week I visited uh, Momo Seri for their shawarma, mm. and they handed me an iPad, and that's where the menu was. That that looked very interesting to me. It's easier to wipe down. It was in a, a rubbery kind of case, and they wiped it down before they gave it to me. I looked through it, but also laminated menus are easy to clean, as opposed to the paper ones that many establishments have. But the electronic ones, even the ones on the wall, like to those places like KFC, the fast food joints, yeah. the TVs up there, you just look up and pick. So there's limited contamination there. But, but um, some of the things, uh, Mark, you may find that some of them are a bit expensive for somebody starting up. Yes, That's but a laminated lamination is not. Mm. You know, when you have, there are those paper books, those ones are a bit more, they're harder to clean, but easier to get dirty. But laminated ones are not. You just wipe them down. Um, another thing that I saw that I think is an interesting thing. We used to go to restaurants, high-end restaurants. You go and you find cutlery on the table, right? Yes, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> Those That cutlery gathers dust. Somebody comes, touches it, has a beer, goes away. Do they ever change the cutlery? But, and then, but there's also the other thing when the guys are serving you, they bring the cutlery, then go away and they don't bring the food in, in, in 20, 30 minutes, they're just trying to confuse you. Oh, yes. Um, I know. You know? But uh, <laughs> I think it's better if they bring the cutlery when the food is, is, is just about to come, right? Yeah. Um, what are the front of house things do you guys have in place or you think are important that we need to um, adopt? Uh, should the reception facing people, sorry, should the customer serving people also be sort of like have short hair or covered hair or stuff like that? Yes. Yes. Actually, I didn't talk about that. But covered hair is important. In fact, covered hair is not only important in restaurants. I tell you the other day, my maid served me some food. It was very nice, but three folks full in, and there was a strand of her braided hair in there. I did not know how to handle this. Mm. So we had a problem at lunch. But yes, I think even the, the front of house people need to have their heads covered. Because when they're bringing the food to you or the drink, some things may go in, especially those that have dandruff. People like me with bald hair, bald heads, most especially, because we don't know when our hair is lost. But yes, I, mean, I think even the front house receptions, the uh, concierges, the, all those guys, everybody needs to have a covered head. Um, James, welcome back. We wanted to get your standards in Entebbe because I had people wanting to come and visit you there. What have you put in place at your front of house? Uh, first of all, I have started as a delivery-based business. So that is a bit different for now. Uh, the one thing that perhaps I make sure, I do a lot of grilling. So every off days that I have, I am always scrubbing down the grills, my equipment. 
at least every week. I'm scrubbing it down, cleaning the space thoroughly. Usually, if you don't do that, over time, smoke and uh, oils stick hard. So I try to avoid that by making sure that I'm scrubbing things down, uh, particularly my prevention of... Um, like when I'm preparing the meats, I make sure I sanitize the place, if uh, clean the place with hot water. I don't do, I, if I'm cutting vegetables, I don't cut vegetables where I'm cutting the meats. Those two places are different. That way there's no cross-contamination cross of uh, food. Uh, even when I'm storing, I store things in different levels just to make sure that the meats don't get in contact with the vegetables. So I try to make sure that uh, the handling of food is is particular and also that my equipment is as clean as possible and my environment itself. That is, uh, for now, my steps that I take to make sure that the standards are uh, of cleanliness are high. Um, yes, thanks, James. Um, from what I hear, even if you start from a delivery, even if you're doing delivery, yes. that, that may become your front of house because who's doing the delivery? What do they look like when they leave? And, uh, you know, I how make do sure. they handle the food? Because that's now, that now becomes your front of house. I see. I have a container and uh, a container where I put the food. If it's coming from me to the person, there's a box that I put the food in. I make sure I seal the food as well, that way that the person knows that it is not touched until it's delivered. And every handling is clear. The, it's Cavera to a person, a person steps, uh, steps away, the person picks up the Cavera, that way there's no uh, hand touch contact. I have trained the border person already, and the border person is also very clean. And is Muslim, which makes it even more interesting. <laughs> When you're serving pork, he's a Muslim. Um, yeah, you talked exactly. about. <laughs> is there anyone else who wants to talk about their front of house? Asha, yes, you do have a front of house. Yes, you run a bakery. But you do have people who, when we come to pick up our cakes, they are people we meet. What standards have you put in place at your bakery? Mark. Uh, I try so much to avoid picking up from here. It, uh, it rarely happens because, um, first of all, every client wants to meet you personally and then you're working and then this is your home too. So I try so much to stay away. But for those who insist, usually the, the thing we do is that we have, uh, they don't get out of their cars usually when they park. We bring the cake out immediately because they call, most of them call for directions. Um, those who know where we are, sometimes they are the ones who come knocking. We are always putting on aprons. Uh, that is the first thing we do. Uh, we make sure our aprons are clean and then we cover our heads. Um, in the COVID era, there are very, very few. So, um, but we have water for washing hands. Yeah, that's it. Um, I can I add something from a bakery perspective in terms of cleaning everyone. Um, I'm, I'm kind of agree with Asha, the point of, especially us who work at home in our 
homes, how we ensure that we don't get uh, contaminated and also keeping your bakery space separate from the home. And also when we are, when we are preparing for, to start baking a cake, you make sure that you wipe down all the surfaces with a vinegar water solution. And I think that also works for the food handlers. Uh, the, the bakery assistants all have to have short nails and have to have their hair covered. Short nails that do not have any nail varnish because nobody wants to eat a piece of someone's nail varnish in their cake, which is very unsightly, first of all. Uh, but then uh, my question is also, I also have a question the people that handle food, uh, there's a lot of hype and talk about cross-contamination cross uh, or the diseases that chicken carries. So my question to the group is, do you wash your chicken? In what, in what way do you ensure that the, the, the is it salmonella that chicken carries? does not get contaminated with the other meats like beef or pork? Is it sure that all that stuff doesn't happen? And also from a halal perspective, if you're, if you're preparing pork and you're preparing chicken as well. Now, if you have customers that don't eat pork, do you use a separate grill? Do you use separate pans? What happens? Okay, thank you for that. Um, You've directly into food handling, uh, which I guess we will tackle shortly because even James talked a bit about it. But before mm -hmm. we go into that, um, um, James and Abid talked about um, covering heads, but then we didn't talk about beards. I mean, look at James's picture. Mm -hmm. Look at my <laughs> tiny beard. You know how, even look at Abid, it's very possible that a lot of this hair can get contaminated to the food. So the question James has is, what is, my, what is our take on beards? Do we cover them? Do we cut them off? Uh, you talked about nails, cutting nails and keeping them short, which is very key for hygiene, uh, especially with food handling. But what do you guys think about beards before we go into um, actual food handling? Because that's another uh, major, major uh, topic when it comes to standards and, and food handling. Anyone wants to discuss this? John Paul? I think also beards need to be kept clean. Okay, sorry. Okay, obviously they have to be kept clean. But I wonder if there's a wrap for beards. So you can put it above your, on your beard as you're operating. You would be surprised, but I believe there is. And uh, now COVID has shown us face masks exist. <laughs> I'm sure you can get one big enough to reach your neck. <clears throat> but I believe there is. Lionel, any contribution from you, John Paul, before we go into food handling? And I see Rotary Club of Bunamuaya. Bugolobi. Of Bugolobi. Ah, the whole club's here. Good to meet <laughs> you guys. Okay, if there's no comment there. Can we go into food handling? Um, this is one thing that James talked about earlier. 
he said he tries to keep his vegetables away from his raw meat. I wanted to ask him before we go deeper into the subject, do you have different fridges for your meats and, and, and from your vegetables and fruits? Uh, not really, but I keep the meats in plastics. That way, that uh, that way, there is no spillage onto okay. the vegetable. Um, the advice I was given a few years ago is that you always keep your vegetables at the top because they don't drip much, and the meats at the bottom. But then it didn't. Uh, that now that comes to a stand-up fridge, it didn't consider temperatures because the fridges I have here in my house for my domestic. The vegetable uh, what call it racked at the bottom. Yes, so do you also it. separate your meats in that way, or you just keep them in plastics and and store them wherever? The vegetables are at the bottom because of it's a stand-up uh, fridge. So I I stack up uh, these big plastic containers that are available. You can arrange very well in the fridge all the meat. And the vegetables can be at the bottom. I find that I have not been able to have any problems, but my counter surfaces are different for the meats and for the vegetables. Wherever I'm working with the meats, different from the way I'm working on the vegetables. That said, can you go a bit deeper and answer Barbara's question? Because she asked, especially how do you handle halal issues? Especially now that you do pork and chicken, just go up, just delve a bit deeper into your handling of that particular situation, especially the meats, the vegetables, the chicken, the pork, and your Muslim rider. James, are you still there? Uh, of course. She yes, I am still here. Uh, of course, the first thing she said uh, was what I do. I make sure that I clean the chicken thoroughly and the meats. Usually I clean the chicken first and store it separately. Um, that that for first of all, I feel like uh, eliminates a, a lot of that issue. Some people do put vinegar in the water when they're washing their chicken, but I don't do that. I I don't see the necessity for that. Um, and the meats, I also separate. I do also prepare them separately. Um, for the moment, because I am having one grill, but previously I used to have two grills, two grills to separate the chicken and the pork. But one thing I just don't do is I don't cook the pork and the chicken at the same time. The grill can cook up to 350 degrees. So it helps me to destroy any contaminations, uh, should there be any inside that grill. So it helps me to at least be sure that there is no cross contamination. And also I cook the the meats to the to well done to actually make sure that there's no um what do you call it uh leftover remnants of uh, bacteria at least those are the few for now that's what i'm doing but with time i'm definitely going back going go back to what i used to do but for now it will not make economic sense to have two grills but i don't cook them at the same time the meats and the chicken that's what I do. Uh, Mark, okay. As for the as for the delivery, it is the the pork guy doesn't. I mean, my border guy doesn't touch the pork or the product, so it doesn't really matter. All he knows that he has to deliver the the product to the client, 
and that is all he is willing he's willing to do. I'm not asking for anything more than that. Okay, thanks, James. Yes, Abid, you were saying something uh, with the halal and uh, <clears throat> the halal aspects for a lot of the more more committed Muslims. As long as you serve pork on the menu, they don't consider. There is no way you can you can convince them that you're halal in any way. So even if, even if you're having separate pans, separate grills, or separate anything. As long as there's pork on the menu, I'll be like, no, this is not halal. I actually know a few who actually enter restaurants and hotels and ask you pork. As soon as a person says yes, they walk out. Okay. And I can understand that because sometimes you may find, even if you have set these things separate, someone will use a fork that has been made in pork or sorry, chicken something like that that one's going to happen some people try to separate the two but most muslims most committed muslims to keep to remove any chance of that they just do not use they do not consider anything halal if you have pork on the menu okay for a very long time i have always tried to keep the two separate and that's why i actually prefer to cook while you know the public is looking at me because you will always notice that my pork has its own grills and it's very separate from my chicken and even when i'm with my staff i keep telling i keep reminding them do not use the same knife do not use the same board if you're handling chicken you're handling chicken do not touch pork at all and um i've had many uh islamic clients who've come and they eat i don't know if they're the commit they're the non-committed you're referring to <laughs> I've always found a way of separating them. Pablo, welcome. We're talking about food handling right now. And we had a concern of how do you separate your, how do you keep your food halal, separate your pork and your chicken? How do you separate your uh, meats from your uh, vegetables, from your fruits, from your raw foods? How do you generally handle food? And um, recently, because of this COVID, by the way, Unilever has come up with a number of resources on this. Huh? If I don't know, I can find them and share, but they've come up with a number of resources on food handling, on cleanliness, on hygiene during COVID, especially for food. I think because of the, the number of food additives and stuff that they make for us. I'll, I'll look them up and try to share them. Uh, but Pablo, if you have anything you want to add on to our discussion, though you've come a bit late, I can give you the floor. And then Charles, Charles, do you have anything? I've been calling on John Paul, but he seems to still be suffering with no, his I'm, microphone. I am okay. Let me just keep listening, guys. Let me just keep listening. Welcome, Bob. I'm Lionel and the Rotary Club of Bugolobi. If you have anything to add, please John feel Paul. free to jump in. John Paul hasn't, hasn't what? Dialed in. He hasn't dialed in? Yeah. Yes, he has not. Yeah, he but has. he's here. I can see him. And yes, I know he can yeah. hear us. Yeah, I've actually sent him a chat, but I didn't tell him. Okay. Uh, James, I'm drinking Tusca Light, <laughs> but you can send me more. There's no problem with that. It was too early for coffee. So anyway, um, let's talk about um, the FDA. Uh, they talk about food handling. And one of the things they've been telling us in recent weeks is wash your hands. Keep your hands washed. 
I personally have a problem when I'm cooking. Every time something touches my hand, I just have a desire to wash it off. And I find myself, I think I use most water in washing my hands. Um, and also once I've used a cutting board for, for meat, I immediately rinse it off. I actually have four cutting boards in my house here and I use them, I use about two or three for every cooking. So I keep, I'm washing them off constantly. I'm washing knives, I'm washing my hands, I'm wiping surfaces, just because I want the place, the kitchen to look, to keep clean. But when I go to other kitchens, I find because of the volume of work they're doing and because they don't have trained people, the floors are constantly dirty. Dishes are piling up. How many times a day do you wash up? How many times a week do you discard your equipment? How many times do you close to just make sure you wipe down all you know, the cooking surfaces and everything? Please share your experiences here with us. Um, I'll start with uh, Asha. I know yours are business, a different business from my meat, but I know you also oh. have, you need to clean your ovens. And also Asha, maybe you can. Yeah, uh, now, um, the thing about uh, baking, like, like you mentioned, it is almost the same as cooking. When I am baking, I wash, I wash and wash and wash and wash, as in you just don't get tired of washing. Sometimes the washing tears you in pieces than even the work itself. One thing that I do with the oven, I got some company that does good uh, oven cleaners. Before it was hard because I used to soak it in bicarbonate and vinegar and those things sometimes don't work. So there is a wash that I got that is in the oven. Um, it doesn't take long. It, you soak it for like 10 minutes and then after you start the wiping process. So um, I tell because everyone has goals there, because we all have different categories. So now there is a guy who specifically does that on Sunday. And then the baking tins have to be washed like every after a bake. That is a must. Um, one thing that irritates me is when I find a baking tin that is um, rusty or it has black mold, it is so disgusting. To a point that I stopped eating very many cakes around town. I eat like from two or three different people because I know what goes in, like what goes, um, what happens in the background when people are lazy to wash certain things and uh, they contaminate the final product. Then when it comes to the finishing, also we have to make sure that we are clean. Wash, 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 and wash. I would rather stop the whole process uh, when when things are not going the way I want, like if I find anything dirty, I just stop the whole process, everyone out and we clean. So I think um, being clean is part of um, the cooking or the baking process. It is not something we do after or, or it has to be done at the end of the day. It is continuous throughout. That's what I think. Before you go away, there are two questions for you. One is, do you have, how do you do halal issues? And there's a phone here called Techno One Pro asking, what oven cleaner is that? Uh, the oven cleaner, I'll share it in the group. I, I have a picture. There are some guys, I think, from Chireka. So I will share the picture of the oven cleaner. Uh, then about the halad. Now, ours, the only thing that makes it haram 
is uh, some cakes require rum or brandy. Some alcohol, those are fruit cakes. Those don't happen every day. They, they happen on special orders because they are also expensive and also um, most of them are wedding cakes. When it is a Muslim client, we always advise them. Um, some, um, when you explain to some of them the baking process and you tell them that when you bake with this alcohol, most of it evaporates. Uh, the first thing usually they ask you is that, does it make me drunk? Because you give them two options. The cake that is unpreserved is going to stay for like two, two, three, at most four days. And the cake that is preserved is going to stay for like a month plus. So most of them, you give them that option and they ask that, is the alcohol, will it make my guests drunk? And they ask all these questions because most of them have learned that most food is cooked with alcohol. Their problem usually is a pork. But the alcohol, most of them will tell you, if it is not going to make my guests drunk, it is okay. Some will say, no, that is a no-go. And then you give them something that is unpreserved. But that doesn't happen every day. It is like a rare case. Thank you, Asha. Tuti, do you have anything to talk about? We're talking about food handling and hygiene. We're talking about wash or not to wash. We're talking about how often do you clean up your kitchens? How often do you clean up your grills? Do you ever lock up and say, guys, it's cleaning day. We're not cooking food today. Um, your pans, um, you please weigh in. We're also talking about how do you store your food? How do you handle your food? Your raw foods versus your your raw meats versus your vegetables. Please, Tuti, if you can. Atiyungu, how do you do it? Uh, good morning, guys. Hey, Mark. From? Breakfast. Now was a breakfast. Special. I was here trying to explain, and I see a green butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... Now, usually at Yungu, we do Sundays. Sundays, if we're not busy, this is uh, our cleanup day for the entire kitchen. Entire kitchen, I mean every corner of the kitchen. That's usually Sundays if uh, the, the week hasn't been so busy for us to be booked out on Sunday. We usually do a general cleaning from, you know, the kitchen, the utensils, where they are kept, the spice corners, and all the way to the back and the entire area. So yes, usually Sundays is a day that is designated for uh, cleaning, like total, total cleaning. Yeah, I don't know what else we talked about. Yeah. And how do you store your food? Do you have any standards you set? Your raw meat versus your vegetables. Do you have any standards you set up or do you just get them in and prepare everything at once? You have no issues when it comes to bit halal where you just say ah, mufumbe straight away mix your chicken uh, and pork with your goat and stuff well when it comes to storing uh, the raw meat are usually stored in the freezer and they're all in different containers so the containers totally don't mix now when it comes to the, the halal most of the pork at Chiyungu uh, is usually roasted so strictly it has its own grill a small green grill that is used for roasting. Then the chicken is often grilled in the oven. So there's no way to mix. Maybe when they're washing the utensils because they put them together, but 
when you're cooking for the client, there's no, like, there's no connection between the two. Then uh, vegetables, of course, they're washed up with some vinegar and salt, uh, soaked up for and then uh, about 10 to 15 minutes. Then wiped and put in the fridge. So that's, that's the most of the Okay. Um, anyone else with a comment before we move on from this? I have a comment, Mark. Or is it a question? Uh, when it comes to cutting boards, in my experience, uh, wooden boards over time kind of absorb, absorb the different flavors and the different colors of the things that you're using, especially like things like spices like turmeric and paprika. And also the wooden spoons that we use to cook. My question would be advice on how to keep your wooden cutting boards clean and free from contamination, or should we ditch the, the wooden boards in favor of a plastic and granite? Because at some point, like you're washing the board and you feel like it's a bit slimy, how do you deal with that? Do you scrub it? Do you sandpaper it? Do you soak it? Yeah. Then also to to Asha's point about cleaning as you go in the in the in the baking business because we we wash more than we bake really. So my advice may be to others that are using things that have a high fat content to always wash with a liquid soap that has vinegar and also hot water using hot water first before you wash and also while you clean your floors i have found that when we use liquid soap that has some sort of acid it kind of repels the flies which is also an issue especially if you're working a lot with sugar there's an issue of flies and bees do you people experience uh, insect infestation in your various cooking establishments? And how do you deal with them? Bees, not as much. Flies and ants, probably, yes. I actually never knew that. Uh, you, you said detergent that has acid repels flies. Yeah. I'd, I'd never does. known that. Thank you for that. If you could also share some brand names it would, it would be very helpful for me. Um, I have a tin of descaler from Saraya. It costs 10,000 shillings at the master supermarket. Every time I grill, I have my metallic brushes. We descale and remove all the fat off the grill every single time. It's 10,000 bucks, but it lasts. It lasts about, what, two months for me? Mark, please so, share the name of that. Uh, it's from Saraya. You know the Saraya, the guys who do the hand sanitizer? Yes, yes. They're the but same the guys at the It's a, uh, I'll take a picture and, and, and share it. It's a scale, one of those, I'll, I'll take a picture. Okay. Now, chopping boards. I have, as I said, I have four boards. Wooden one, uh, that plasticky thing. Mm. I find the wooden ones are better for myself because after a few weeks, I can sand them down and remove all the cuts that would probably get all the, you know, stuff left in there. But mm. before I get any chopping board, it has to be a really thick one because I don't know how long I'll use it. 
and we keep sending it down, sending it down. Recently, I sent it to the carpenter and he got this, you know that, I don't know what they call that, planer? Mm. And I almost killed the guy because he came, brought me back half a chopping board. Yet the guys before used to just sand them down and, and smoothen them and they would be good to use. But I make, I make sure that I do that very frequently, two or three weeks to keep them, you know, um, nice and clean and easy to, to wash up. The plastic ones, on the other hand, when they get old, they start to, to, you know, start to become bubbly and I find that they get dirty and harder and harder to clean. So I hate those chopping boards. Anyone else with an experience with this they can share? Walker? Well, um, me and chopping boards don't really have issues because I rarely use a chopping board. I always use, uh, okay, a metallic tray. There is a wow. there is a metallic tray that I often use for. It's actually quite thin. It's thin, but it's it's balanced. It's actually perfect when you put it on a flat flat surface. So I often use it for doing the vegetables, the the small small things that require chopping, the garlic and the onions, and uh, the rest of the things. If I can actually squish everything, like the tomatoes, because I really like using uh, cut tomatoes because there's always that feeling my my sister gets whenever I cook, and if the tomatoes are not right. Obviously, the meal is just going to be weird. So I just like to like squeeze the tomatoes in and then I just add them into the sauce as a paste. My chopping, I rarely, rarely, rarely use the chopping board. Very, very rarely. Very rarely. So I don't know. I don't really have much experience with some of the challenges you're facing. But I think sandpaper can also work for these plastic chopping boards that you guys are saying. Because if you can sand that, uh, that wooden chopping board, I'm certain you can always find a way with that, uh, with the plastic thing, and it works out. I'll give it a try. Thank you for that. Um, anyone else wants to weigh in? We uh, want to something about the board, the, the wooden boards. As long as you get to dry them really well after you have cleaned them up, I don't think you would have an issue later. Uh, usually, it's the cleaning up, the process after. Sorry, the drying up. If it, if it does not dry, the next time you're going to use it, it has uh, created that lining part. So that's how I mm -hmm. usually do my board. I, I do scrub them, wash them, and then I make sure I find a spot that has enough uh, light, sunlight, for it to dry completely. So the next time I'm using it, it's not shining. Yeah, and to add to that, one thing that you always must remember is that in our kitchens, we cannot afford not to have running water. Everything must be washed under running water. You can't have uh, basins and start putting chopping boards in there. I don't know, but that is advice that I was given many, many years ago. And I think it's key. <clears throat> I don't know what you guys think about having running water. It's not too much of a luxury and it's quite cheap. Um, um, Mark, question please. Um, has anyone actually thought about, uh, has anyone, okay, personally, when I'm doing the washing, and I always, often face this when, the, when like you're cooking uh, greasy, greasy foods, pork, there's that pork fat, then there's oxtail, there's always that fat that comes off it. Now, I often use salt, like I just uh, boil the water, dump it in, and then to add some salt. Like, I don't know, but I've felt that there is, there is a significant ease that it adds to like washing uh, the dishes and pans and whatnot. I don't know if anyone else uses that as well. How much salt? Not, not, not much, just I think uh, 
So using salty water and not using salt as a coarse material? Yes, salty water. I don't know if anyone else uses that, but that's what I've actually used. And it actually works fine for me. I, I haven't, I must, uh, I must say. Anyone else have an idea on the salty water? I have heard that, that thing about the salty water, but I've just never used, used it before. Usually, me, a lot of the things that I'm doing is a combination of soap and hot water and warm water if I want to get rid of certain things. And for a thing you me asked too. about cleaning, yeah, usually for me at the end of every day, there has to be full cleaning. And I know some restaurants which can afford it have a separate person for cleaning. Their job is just to clean, clean the floor, clean the utensils all the time. They have like two of those who are just running around doing that. But for me, every day when you are done with any event, anything, the cleaning has to be done. Even if it's midnight, that cleaning must be done at that time. Okay. So that means you have a checklist that you have written on a... You know, another thing, when I went and I did a day in one of these big hotels, I was amazed at the number of notice boards they had. Almost every wall was covered in notice board, and there were menus there, there were checklists here, there were reminders here. Do you guys have these in your places, or we need to encourage you to put them up? I don't, I don't have a checklist, but yeah, I can see how useful it is, because having a checklist actually helps a lot. Yeah, it makes, it makes sense. Because I did the checklist for the cooking side, the recipe side. So obviously, this would also work this way. Like, have you done this? Has this been done? Because people do forget. Not that they're lazy, yeah. but they just forget. So it's... Or they just decide to ignore, hoping you will forget. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what does <laughs> look like by... for cleaning? Pardon, James? What does a checklist for cleaning look like? A checklist for cleaning would generally be, I mean, it can be many pronged. It could say, like, duty, Sunday, general cleaning, and not cooking between this time and this time. Or yours could be even be, make sure that when you come in the morning, all the dishes are clean, all the surfaces are clean, all the handles are wiped down. So it's there, you just tick off and say, yeah, all this has been done. Now we can start the brigade. As opposed to just coming and saying, oh, you cut out and everything's clean. It's a checklist actually ticks off and you're sure this has been done. Does that help okay. answer you? Well, yes, it does. Yeah. It's like in the loo, haven't you seen they put it every hour, cleaned by so-and-so, he used two spoons of water. And they just keep on ticking it off. I don't know if they do it, but when I walk into I the loo, I don't think there. they do. <laughs> two spoons of water. <laughs> yeah, because I saw somebody saying that they actually um, gauge the restaurant by the cleanliness of the loo. Which brings me to another question. I have always told my cooks, if you leave the kitchen, take off your apron, take off your hat, go do what you want to do, wash from hand, your hands from wherever you are. When you come back, sanitize, put on your apron, put on your hat again, and the work goes on. I find that, even me, I find it, it comes naturally to me when I'm walking out, I just go, take them off, hang them up, do other things, come back. So that's one last, make sure that whenever you leave the environment of that food handling, cooking area, you don't take uh, cloths out to get contaminated. And when you come back, make sure you're clean. Secondly, how often do we clean or how often do we have 
clean dishcloth to use. Oh yeah. Are uh, you know? Do you want to weigh on this? Thank you, Mark. But uh, basically, I'm just listening and learning. Okay, fair enough. Bob, are you still here? Yes, I'm here. But as uh, Ina said, I'm listening, learning. Uh, that's all. All right. Good. So, Asha, you want to say something on this? Uh, Mark, what was the question exactly? We were talking about um, now hygiene of, a part of the general person. When they leave the kitchen and go out and come back, I said that I always encourage and I insist oh. that if you leave the kitchen, leave the apron and the hat and the dishcloth, go do what you're doing, wash your hands, come back, sanitize, dress up, and continue to work on the business. And also, yeah, that is very true. your clothes clean. That is very true because uh, some people think an apron is, um, is an outfit, something fashionable, and uh, they're going to buy airtime and they walk out with their aprons. Yes. Um, I also agree with you. An apron is supposed to be kitchenware, not uh, our casual attires. So I also encourage people to leave them behind. Though sometimes we have challenges that like um, when it comes to washing, 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 washing. Some people want to, you know, everyone is different. Some people want to wash daily, others want to wash. Like after two days, others after three days. So usually I get one person to wash everything. Then also getting one person to wash everything. Sometimes other people's aprons are not in. It is so annoying that you cannot wash your own apron. To you, it is clean. To me, it is dirty. So to avoid all that morning quarreling of why putting on a dirty apron, I'm like, okay, someone is going to handle this, I wash it. And then if your apron is not available for washing, it is so annoying. And you have to get another apron to give this person. It is something that really pisses me off. But for my own peace, I go get an apron and I give it to you. Because once I quarrel with someone, my day is ruined. And I want to keep a happy face so that all my work is creative. The thing about baking is that when you're angry, it shows in your work. Even cooking, you may yeah. end up adding more salt in your, in your sauce. So sometimes I don't want to quarrel because I've told you over and over and again, I just go get an apron, an extra apron, give it to you and move on with my work. I don't know how people handle that, but to me, it is like, I don't know if it is babysitting these people, but it gives me peace. I think it is babysitting. Walker think, seems to think that the apron is a responsibility of the wearer. Um, I oh. think for peace of mind, as Asha does it, when you're done with the work day, put everything in a bin there, because then I'm in control of... <laughs> when it's washed, how it's washed, when, and then when you come to work, it's available. Um, anybody else to want to comment on this uh, attire business and also yeah. the responsibility of the apron? Well, that one of the, okay, also something you mentioned earlier about the towels. I remember somebody noticed once that uh, my towels were really in a bad state. So I tried keeping them clean. So this guy came and he just gave me 
those paper towels, ones that are disposable, he's like, these are much easier. And I was like, yeah, actually this works for me because I don't really now have to keep track of if my dishcloths are, are dry. That helped. Obviously, obviously, it brings a bit more expense, but it, it brought a bit more convenience and speed. For the apron issue, the place where I did my internship, everybody was supposed to have two aprons. And those aprons were not a responsibility of the person, but a responsibility of the business itself. So at the end of the day, when you're leaving, you'd leave your dirty apron and your dirty attire in a particular place. Somebody would clean it. So next day when you're coming, your second option is available. So you keep oscillating that way. And if you put this responsibility on the, on the wearer, it's a bit extra work. And sometimes some people will go home and they have issues or somebody's tired or just generally something will happen. But if they can do it here at, at uh, the workplace, you get somebody to clean it, this would help. It increases the expense. Does that, does that mean you had lockers? And who had the lockers? You and the cleaner or just you? Uh, it was us and the cleaners. When you finish washing, they'll just dump your apron in the locker. Yeah. Okay. Um, Pablo, do you have anything to add to this? How many minutes do we have a bit to go? Uh, we have seven minutes. Seven, okay. Yeah. We mm -hmm. need to wrap no. up. No? No, 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 no. Anyone else with something to say before I talk about um, safety? Maybe I just have oh, one have... thing. Um, hello? I'm yes, saying that... I have I have one thing to add about dishcloths. The same way we treat our aprons, I agree with Asha. We have one person that washes all the aprons and they have to be soaked before they are washed because of all the food color and all that stuff that we use. Now, when it comes to dishcloths, every three days, like I have different categories of dishcloths. I have the nice ones and then I have the ones for daily wear. Now the ones for daily wear, we must boil them in Omo. Like we boil them in Omo and leave them and leave them to cool and then wash and rinse with running water to make sure that they don't have any of that slimy, slimy thing, which really, really is disgusting. But then there are also that there are some dishcloths that do the dirtier work and then there are dishcloths that do the not so dirty work as well. So for Abid who uses paper towels, I don't know, how do you lift your pans off the hot fire? Do you use paper towels to really carry all that stuff every day? I don't think it's something that is... I use oven gloves and if, uh, also some paper cloths for lifting the pans. Mm. Yeah. And then for wiping down your surfaces, do you use paper towels? Paper towels, yeah. Really? Mm. Actually, okay. the truth is paper towels work much better than the cloth yes. when it comes to wiping down surfaces. I also agree. Mm. I also agree, yes. And it is cheaper to maintain. Yes. Okay. Interesting. I, I'll, I'll adopt that and see how it works out. Okay, just try it. You'll, you'll tell us what happened uh, during the week. Um, <laughs> before we talk about safety, James wants to talk about fumigation, which is key when it comes to cleanliness. 
Um, James, your thoughts on fumigation? It's not about thoughts, but rather do people do fumigation? I noticed that uh, everyone is talking about cleanliness, but uh, do people take time to fumigate and how do they go about it? Usually when I fumigate, I have, have a heart to close the business for two days just to make sure that I can fumigate well. What do people do? Well, I, I, my business that I do from home, I fumigate whenever I fumigate the house. And my business doesn't necessarily close because I choose when to, I choose very carefully when to fumigate. Um, the other place where I go and do some work once in a while, we have fumigated quite a number of times and yes, we close for the day. Uh, there are some fumigators who come and tell us, ah, this stuff, within five hours to go. But we all know what fumigation means. Everything comes out of the woodworks. So you yeah, have to have a long day of cleanup. <laughs> but so, uh, closing the, the business for two days is a stretch. But if they come very early in the morning, by the next morning when you open up, you should be okay. Anyone wants to weigh in on fumigation? Um, I don't know if I can say something about fumigation. By the way, I have a challenge with, uh, you know, these small insects that are attracted to sugar. Because um, the, there's a cabinet that has mostly the sugar. Because it has the brown sugar, then the regular sugar. Now I have a challenge of those insects. I don't know if anyone has one of those chemicals that they can recommend because I am really in a pickle. And those things, you come out in the night and you find them, they're there. They're all over the countertop. And it's like they're having a party of their own and you're pretty much budging into their party. So anyone who has some recommendations on some chemicals they can actually use, I'd be very grateful. Someone please assist because my my sugar is kept open. Actually, I just remember that I've never sealed any of my brown sugar containers, but I don't have that problem. So if there's anybody, please help with information, please. The regular fumigation helps with that. So regular being? Uh, once every six months. Uh, there's a, one of the fumigators that I use, I usually tell him, he asks me, what is your main issue? Then I tell him what my main issue is. Then I mention the other smaller things. So based on what I've told him, he gets me what is needed. And that guy has really worked well for me. I'm sure you're going to share that contact sometime. Yeah, let me share it on the group. Oh, thank you. Um, anyone wants to talk about fumigation before we wrap up on safety and, and discuss what we, our next topic shall be? Okay, let's take a minute to talk about safety. We've talked about the health, now we need to talk about the safety. What safety Mark, measures do you sorry, have? Mark, sorry to take you back. Uh, about yes, fumigation, um, my biggest challenge is actually fumigation. Um, you know how a bakery is, and um, everything is edible. The way you store it, it is hard to take everything outside. This year, I have completely, completely failed to fumigate. Last year, I did half fumigation. Um, I did half of the house. I couldn't, I had to lock the kitchen, the storage area. I had to lock up everything and I did one side. Uh, it is 
my biggest biggest request like if i'm to fumigate the whole house i have to pack up everything like i am shifting it is yes, this is a very is big challenge for me it is a very big challenge yeah, for me i don't know how to do it and i have failed i have failed every time i keep saying i'm going to do it i'm going to do it but i don't do it the good thing is my biggest issue i have one rat i think it is as big as someone is ahead i think it comes so you feed it regularly and it's okay it doesn't, it doesn't eat cake it doesn't eat cake i think it comes in for warm <laughs> i think it comes in for warm but every time we see it everyone runs out eh? i've not been having cockroaches for some time but um i need to fumigate i really need it but i don't know how to do it any advice i think just sacrifice the day <laughs> that's the only way you can do it it can't be a day no it will take me a whole week i think sacrifice that week yeah <laughs> there's no other way you can do it or or shift <laughs> no <laughs> it would come it would amount to the same thing <laughs> just sacrifice but i think you just need to sacrifice yeah okay and james says sacrifice two days get extra hands i'll come and help as long as there's cake i, know, I have me no too. problem with that need to yeah i know says it's I so disgusting that day, that is that day I need to i need to provide a lot of cake Cake I'm down for the cake. Fun. I am totally down for the cake. <laughs> there you go. So you have hands there to help you. Just tell us when. Uh, preferably not okay, a Saturday. Thank you. Um, I have a, a message from Aino saying he's, he's so disgusted when he sees a fully dressed chef coming from the toilet and therefore he will not eat food again from that place if that guy is cooking. So if that's all on fumigation, before we move ahead, a bit, can we have, should we talk about security? safety or should we think about next week i think let's we can put that as next week safety in the kitchen um, okay because also our time is has run out okay thank you everyone for your pleasurable and meaningful and very good advice and discussion that that's it from me i don't know what we are discussing next week except they've said we'll add safety in the kitchen as part of the discussions and i'm sure abid is going to nominate somebody to moderate that so thanks james thank you james has kept last week he has kept this week of moderation so maybe you can moderate and i'm also escaping next week why <laughs> i don't know i'm not an expert <laughs> yeah that's it you go and read up on it now we get romeo my god meanwhile uh I think we are going to AOB but eh the recordings of last week Max speaks for like 30 seconds and it makes everybody else sound like we are not present. I think we should... am I too loud what? No Max his voice oh, is Max. Is worried. Uh, ah okay yeah this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 yeah Wow. So I suggest wow. he moderates. Yeah. That's all is. <laughs> Max do you want moderate next week's session? Yeah, you should actually. Yeah. Ah, James, shut up. Look at my time keeping. Check when I came in. I will be there. Yeah, you are you're using random time. Uh, you don't use random. Use Ugandan time. We are one hour ahead. 
Mm-hmm. That's a very good excuse. Maybe I was sleeping. Yeah, uh, yeah, cool. I'll remind you. So Max is a moderator next week. Hey, for for right. what is the topic? Safety. Wow. Kitchen safety. Wow. Okay, safety. Kitchen safety. What? Generally safety. Okay. I nominate Tuti as a coach to guide you. Yes, it has been recorded. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. I don't know what this guy ate in the morning. I haven't eaten anything. I woke up at 9.30. And, uh, so, people uh, be a help. All right, guys. I'm off. Bye-bye. I'll see you on Tuesday next week. Bye-bye. Right. Cool. Yeah. Bye.